Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Till 5, a live episode. Uh, my name is Steph and I am joined by my co-host with the mostest, mostest, hostess with the mostest. I've said that wrong already. That's uh, fine, Nikki. I can have the most. Hello everyone. <laughs> this is How exciting. Is it? it is exciting. <laughs> Can't believe we are live streaming for a while. We haven't yes. done this. We did this one time before and that's kind of it. Yes. Yeah, it is mad. It's. I think the last time we did it, we weren't in lockdown, but I definitely feel like it was a part of that. And we did a lot of these video chats while in lockdown. And obviously anyone listening on an audio medium, obviously we're live streaming um, this episode. It is for our birthday because yeah. we're two. We're two whole years old, which is very surprising. Um, I did not expect to make it to two. No, me neither. I thought we'd die at one. <laughs> Infant death. First joke in the, uh, in the episode. Oh, always, always a great start with us. Always great. Um, we will get into all of our normal stuff uh, at some point. However, Nikki, to celebrate our two-year anniversary, um, a thing has been made. A thing has been made, and it's a video of our time together. On uh, how, is, how is there a video of our time together? I feel like we were an audio podcast. <laughs> so how does this work? <laughs> Um, so this is made up of uh, some some various clips, either uh, either audio or some clips, you know, oh. of things we've made, um, oh. or things we've done. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play this. Uh, oh god! Okay. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, I think so. All right, here it goes. Good evening. <laughs> I remember in my young mind playing it and being like, Haha, it's, a, it's a cute little penguin. Oh my god, I can pick it up. And then that slow realization of, what if I just walk towards the edge and just <laughs> drop it off? I'm and anytime I mention Tails, I get the whole, yeah, but he must have like three buttholes because he's got how many ta three tails yeah, it's just because he's a fox two fox. tails he just has one butthole and three tails basically you do this by having like a long kissing sequence and a long kissing sound with a pop at the end known as a kiss pop <laughs> uh but not all not all the time it does you know result in in a pregnancy but but that's the thing that you can do <laughs> sometimes kiss pops are just for fun i'm a crab <laughs> that's a crab we should talk about banging banging yes people that we like to consummate with <laughs> it's a word, word. word or you know do the do the deed I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of other words the midnight dance <laughs> what the fuck that is <laughs> that was amazing thank you for making that i'm gonna play it again at some point um just because it was, I mean, I did, I will hold my hands up and say that I did not make that all by myself. This was uh, cumulative work, mostly of Max, because I had no time and no video skills. So uh, it was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. It made me laugh. It made me smile. It made me embarrassed, which is, which is what you need. I know, right? It's always it's all what you need on a birthday. I was going to say that's just a birthday like thing, right? That's that's what you need for your birthday is pretty much yeah, is an embarrassment, a fun time, and alcohol Listen, probably. Anyone listening in the future, uh, if you want to watch it, then you're going to have to come see us on YouTube and watch the uh, in the future. Yeah, good plug. 
not very good at plugging for the future. But, uh, but it yeah, is, do it. It's a difficult concept, uh, plugging for the future, for sure. Um, hi, everybody who is talking to us in our chat. We will pop in every so often. Apologies if we seem like we're ignoring you. We are not. We just, we have to chat a bit and then, you know, podcast medium. Um, but thank you for joining us for our two-year yes birthday um today's episode because i don't do we have any news i mean i've got the news drop ready um play the news all right This is so much more like more unorganized than we normally are. It's because there's been other things happening. There's other factors. I mean, I don't even have any notes. Just kidding. I have notes. Um, I don't even have a top five. No, that would be ridiculous. But no, I think I think the news is today. To be honest with you, I just wanted you to play the drop. Um, news is that we are two, and you're all joining us, and it's fabulous. Also, I sprayed I sprayed bleach in my eye today by accident. What? That's my news. That's <laughs> terrible news. I'm I'm glad you're not blind. But good news. You are. I'm not blind. Well, yeah. So that's good the good news. news. Terrible news. <laughs> I mean, I don't even really have half exciting news as bleach in the eye. My day was boring um, in comparison. Commander Nikki has better news, which is Mass Effect Remaster. That is great news. That is fantastic. Let's so, let's just put news that in Nikki. there as the news too. Yeah, because all, I mean, all Nikki's are allowed to do the news. Let's just put that out there. Uh, yeah, I think this is what the news segment of Nikki's news <laughs> should be. If you're a Nikki, please tell us some news. Any news, we'll take anything. Even if your name is not Nikki, if you've got news, feel free to share some news. I don't have any news, so you'll make up for my lack of news. So yeah, news time. Um, we have some alcoholic beverages because obviously it's our birthday. What are you drinking, Steph? Um, I'm having what I thought was a gin and tonic, but it's actually gin and soda water, so it's a little bit weird. <laughs> I mean, it's water and alcohol, so I'm okay with it. Uh, what about you? I've got wine. You got wine. It's my staple. Classic wine. I don't think I can drink wine anymore. I mean, I won't. I won't discuss it, but I don't think I can drink it anymore. Wine has harmed you. It does weird things to me. <laughs> um, yeah, if anybody else wants to join us on the drinking train, we are making a, a new rule for this uh, episode as well. Um, so, because we've got our top five, which uh, is top five uh, games of the 2000s mm-hmm. today, because we're two, we figured, you know. Another two thing. Yeah. Which which is from the year 2000 to like 2009. We had to yeah. Google it because we panicked. We were like, what does it actually mean? Um, um, so that's what it means. 10 years. Uh, so games of the 2000s, there was a lot. I think every, almost every single one of my favorite games um, is from this era. Yes. Which I guess is fitting because this is about us and our top five. And it seems to be that this is where most of our love comes from. So I suppose it makes sense, but also it was really hard to make a list. And I feel like I've had to shun so many games off of this list because there's too many. I think honourable mentions today will be long. Yes. I think I've even forgotten some. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be a fun time though. It is. If you guys want to join in, are you guys are already joining in. Nikki has already mentioned (laughs) Mass Effect 1 in 2007. And I think you're right, Nikki. Yeah, Fable. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what uh, what comes up. As always, if uh, if either of us have a crossover, 
you will see this man. Oh! And he does actually appear in this one. Um, but that also then means that me and Nikki have to do some sort of shot slash drink. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so we're going to do a shot if we get a crossover, which may happen. Probably will happen. Yeah, I'm not uh, opposed to this. Um, I think we've done all of the like normal intro bump that we have to do. Uh, and we've we discussed... We just now need a fabulous tune. I we guess. do. Let's play the tune and everybody should dance because it's a bop. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? That was the drop. Who's going first? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we never, we didn't plan this. Just like we didn't plan the news. Just like we plan no- nothing. We literally pick yeah. a top five topic, and that's about all the planning that goes into this. So, <laughs> um, I think you should go first. All right, I'll take it. Oh, right. No, apparently, I know I'm meant to go first now. Oh. oh. Okay, you guys should just vote who should go first, actually. That would oh, be a fun interactive game, wouldn't it? We'll just, one yeah. vote for me. Everyone's probably okay. going to vote for me because I always throw Steph under the bus. Oh, one vote for Steph. Oh, it's even. It's even. There should be a tie. Um, I'm trying to think if I've got... I haven't done much to the background today. You can see the the Got Till 5 uh, skateboard that was oh, designed. Oh, no one cares about them. I know, right? I'm kidding. I love them, really. They're not listening, it's fine. <laughs> Who is oldest, oldest goes first? Uh, that would be a vote for Steph. That would be me. I think it's going to be me at this point. Let's go right. with Steph. Because Let's go. I got two. All right, okay. So I'm going to go first. My uh, first game, then, is Portal. Fuck. Is that a crossover already? For oh! God! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fuck. Well, Christ, (laughs) I will make a shot. Can you imagine if the whole podcast goes like this? I don't have anything to shot. I I have something to shot, but I have a a cat mug to do it in because I don't have shot glasses. If you want to go get something to... You're so unprepared there. Pause, everybody. I've got too much of a thing, so I'm just going to try and down as much as I can and we'll go. Yeah, I've put a thing a bit too much. Right, okay. Crossover number one. Okay, Oh, that's not bad. What I picked blueberry doing? tequila, so I just have rum. Oh, I mean that sounds okay. like terrible. Right, moving okay. on. <laughs> Portal. Yeah. What number is this for you? Uh, it was my number five. Oh, well then that's not too bad. That should then. be an extra shot, shouldn't it? Really, but we won't do that. Let's not. Let's not get there. Um, right. So Portal, I'll talk a bit about, but Nikki, feel free to jump in and talk about it as well. Uh, 2007 by Valve, this was released. Um, And I think uh, most people actually regard this as almost like a perfect game. Like game people fucking love this game. It's just one of those things that's just always top of a lot of different lists. Um, And I think it's because it felt like quite a new, new game, a new thing. Like, there wasn't really, and still isn't much like it, unless it's, like, a copycat or a clone. Like, just the puzzles in it were just very inventive and very interesting. Um, And there was also this kind of dark tone going through the story, because there wasn't a huge amount of story. It was mostly the puzzles, but there was definitely these nice elements going through it that were just 
it's just a really cool game. Um, like the actual mechanic of the portals is just such a, it feels quite simple, but there was just so much they did with it. It just felt really cool. Not about you. Yeah, it, it was really cool. And to be honest with you, like, I think one of the reasons I picked it is puzzle games normally I don't really get into. Like I, I kind of struggle with just like puzzle heavy. I find that if there's no kind of narrative, or there's no kind of like interesting catch to it. I'm, I'm not really into it. But this one really, really caught me. I think because of the storyline and also like the the such dark humour within it. I absolutely mm. loved and like the the comedy element to it and the portal thing was really cool as well I enjoyed the puzzles but it was like being able to have that kind of thing going on in the background like GLaDOS is hilarious yeah. I love GLaDOS yeah it does have a really great humour behind behind the like it's I think that's the thing like it's a puzzle game for people who aren't particularly puzzle games and I think it's so captivating as well it's one of those games that's only like three to four hours long I think most people I know either finish it in one or two sittings it's not a it's not a huge slow no, burn kind of game it wasn't, it wasn't long either was it there was a lot of comments yeah. about the fact that it was so short yeah it's very much like a short like condensed kind of game but it's perfectly it's the right length I think for the type of game that it is like I wouldn't yeah. want it to be any longer than that it it would get boring they just kind of cut it off at the perfect kind of point for it I agree I think you can definitely have a puzzle game that is too long in my yeah. opinion and I think yeah it was just about the amount of time I also I did really enjoy Portal 2 obviously I saw there was a comment saying about how um uh Lincoln did prefer that one but I just think because it was like the starting one I think that's where I hold a lot of love for it um, and just kind of what it what it did. And the music as well. I know you didn't have mentioned that yet, but the music was awesome. Yeah, I've not really had much of the soundtrack, but I know, like, Lincoln's just mentioned about the song at the end of War 2 is still on his yes. playlist. Like, it's it's definitely something that kind of keeps coming up um, that I need to check out and add it to things. Um, it's one of those things where I, I think I was so immersed in the, in the game and the way that it kind of goes through stuff that the the like the music part of it just was a part of it if you know what i mean mm. so it didn't stand out but that's not like its fault or a bad thing it just kind of i think you know was, I mean? was still i think still alive was in the first one i think mm. i don't want the glad or things things i haven't i haven't played portal i think since i played it the first time but like i i always do still listen to the soundtracks and the whole of the, the portal universe kind of blurs into one but I remember actually when I first played Portal, I picked up the first one because I was late. I think I was late to it. Picked up the first one, completed it, and then like went straight to the second one and was like, I love this. Um, and it's all, it does all kind of just like blend. But it's just it's just awesome. Like if, if no one's played it, I'd really recommend diving into it. Yeah, it's definitely one to check out. And I think it was a big start of a lot of movements of the type of games that you now get those kind of, I mean, it's not an indie game because it's by Valve really, but it felt like it was a part of that movement. Like same with Stanley Parable. Uh, and obviously it's always paired with like Team Fortress and those kind of games. And it felt like it really kicked off that kind of movement of of indie slash AAA indie movement games, which are really cool and a bit more experimental than some of the like normal AAA stuff that was out there at the time. But yeah, facts. You got many facts. facts? I've got a couple. You go first as you, you picked it. All right. So uh, fact number one for me is that um, it started out as a student project called, and I'm going to say this terribly, but Narbacula Drop, uh, which was basically about a princess navigating a dungeon uh, by placing portals in order to escape the dungeon. Um, it caught the attention of Robin Walker, who was Valve's, uh, I think, main director at the time. Uh, and he then hired the students to 
to basically turn it into Portal just because he thought it was just a really cool idea for a game. And it is. It's very cool. Um, that was one of my facts. Um, and then <laughs> my other fact is a bit longer, but it's uh, throughout the game, uh, a heavily corrupted cake recipe will scroll across various computer monitors. And then on the second to the last level of the game, GLaDOS uh, Memory Core will also recite the recipe. Many of the ingredients are basically a Black Forest cake uh but however there's a few like weird ingredients in there apparently there's a rhubarb polyester resins and many no and then many miscellaneous fish-shaped objects not fish just fish-shaped objects so it could have been anything (laughs) well that does not sound lovely it definitely sounds like a corrupted cake recipe for sure yeah Speaking of, um, of of the cake thing, obviously, like the whole cake is a lie became a meme. I think it was because uh, Gladys was like promising cake to show the main character. Um, and then obviously there was there was no cake. But apparently there was going to be um, they were trying to do some make another meme in the game, um, which was that apparently a hoop at some point just becomes like just appears. And apparently his name was Hoopy, and they were trying to make Hoopy a meme, but um, it didn't, and it was very disappointing. But instead, they got another meme, which is the cake is a lie. So they made a meme, but it just wasn't the meme that they thought that they were going to get. I don't think you could... Yeah, I think that's the proving of you can't force the meme. The meme will just yeah happen. <laughs> I have another another fact, which is, to be honest, it's one of those really pointless facts where it's just like, oh, which is the voice of the robot GLaDOS from Portal, who um, is amazing, Ellen McLean, is the real-life wife of John Patrick Lowry, the voice of the sniper in Team Fortress 2. Oh. Um, another Valve developed game, which, again, pointless fact for you all, but it's not really Game to 5 if we don't have pointless facts. Yeah, you're going to have facts that are just, I mean, where are you going to use this knowledge? One day it will come into handy for one video person. game general knowledge quiz maybe i mean we do those every week and we still don't know any of the answers so i wish we did that every week yeah um yeah so that's uh number five is portal for me and for nikki Ooh. so i don't really know where we go from, from i'm here. gonna throw in an honorable mention for you i'm gonna ad lib an honorable mention which i'm going to pick right now and i'm gonna another pick one. Off of my list of honorable mentions. Oh fuck. Um time. It's fine. I'm gonna pick Twilight Princess Zelda for the Wii. Um obviously I can't really speak much about this because I've got no notes. But I remember when the Wii came out, it was a lovely day. And uh, I remember I got this game and I had a wonderful time and I've replayed it a lot since. It's a very cool Zelda game. Really cool twist with the whole like Shadowland thing. There's something about Twilight Princess which just fills me with this kind of nostalgia um, as to it. Kind of like Ocarina of Time does, but also (laughs) it's actually just a really fun game to still play. I want it remastered. Why can't they remaster more Zelda games on the Switch? Yeah, I'm sad. I I want all of them. I want my Zelda machine where I literally have one machine with every single Zelda on that I could possibly get, Um, which is kind of the Wii U. The Wii U can get everything at the moment. Um, And the only one I have is a North American one, so it takes a ball like to set Mm. it up. Um, So, yeah, you're right. There should be more remasters on on the Switch event because they did a remaster of this, right, but only on the Wii U. There is a hate so. version of it somewhere. I'm, yeah, I never owned the Wii U. I kind of missed I missed the boat. I had a Wii, and I've got a Switch, but I never had a Wii U. And, um, yeah, I mean, it makes me tempted to buy a really cheap one. But then I'm still just kind of thinking, like, they, they've ported these before, so why can't they port them again? Yeah. Um, just give them what you want, Nintendo. So <laughs> stingy with everything. 
But yeah, I, I don't really know what, how, I can't really describe Twilight Princess when I've just had a shot and I'm drinking wine. Um, it'll probably end up being like one of my really bad descriptions. I think I did the Ocarina of Time once. Link is like a wolf and then he's not. And then there's a little lady that shouts at you who looks like a cat, but she's not really a cat. And you have a pono and you get to run around and kill shit. I mean, it's a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good description. There's a weird man called Zant. Can't? Yeah, Zant, yeah. Uh, that's about it, really. <laughs> Summarised in one. There's not much else you need to know about Zelda games. It's like someone's done something bad. It's normally Ganon. If it's not Ganon, oh, it's Ganon. another weirdo. And then yeah. uh, the, the Link's got to do something. Ganon's involved somehow. Ganon's always involved. Yeah. Bastard. Link's always got to do a thing, helping ladies. There's always some cute character shouting at him as well. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, <laughs> whether that be Zelda, Tetra, Navi, Midna, the other one from Skyward Sword, someone's always shouting at Link. Get your shit done, Link. God's <laughs> sake, sort it out, mate. Um, but yeah, that's my really quick fire number five because we have nice. crossover. I like number it. Four, then. Uh, yeah, we're moving on quickly. I'm uh, I'm gonna cross my fingers here, but I think it's gonna be another so one. You were, I don't, okay, oh god, I think Go. I'm gonna steal your entire list, and I'm really sorry. Um, I'm I'm stealing the Wind Waker, Zelda Wind Waker. Fuck's sake, that was my number one. I'm so sorry, <laughs> except I'm not. <sighs> um, for a shot, shall I? Okay, get to get to shotting. Wind Waker is just a fantastic, fantastic game. Um, I feel like it got it came out in two thousand two uh, on the GameCube, and it is like the only GameCube game I think I've ever played um, properly, like the whole way through. Again, I have the HD version on uh, my Wii U. Um, oh, you didn't, you didn't do. That. Oh, I didn't. Oh God, I'm so sorry. And we didn't do the shot. Oh. Sorry to interrupt. Oh. Then I'll just okay. I'm sorry, guys. Everything's gone to shit. I've got I've got blueberry stuff. All right, let's go. Do it it is. one more time. All right. Okay. Wind Waker came out 2002 for the Nintendo GameCube. I have it on the Wii U as a remaster. It's fantastic. I feel like it was uh, the first one to have the tune style. Uh, it was looks yeah. to it right um, and it was very much like nobody liked it at the time. Everyone was really like off put by the kind of toony look of Link and just the whole world um, which is really sad because it's a fantastic fantastic game um, although apparently over the years it has gained a lot of a better reputation like it's kind of come around as being the, one of the best ones um, and it is like it's great like and I think even despite the very toony kind of look it's still got the same classic kind of dark slash serious storyline of Zelda. I mean, no, no, none of Zelda is that serious or dark ever, really. It's like Ganon has come. This time he has stolen your sister instead of a princess, uh, which I think is worse. It's taking on family numbers now. Yeah. Um, okay. Apart from like, you know, normally he'd take your potential wife or girlfriend, but no, this time it's like taking your sister. Yeah, baby sister. And now you've got to go sail the seven seas to uh, to get her back. Um, I think one of my favorite, the thing I reason like about this is just the the sailing around of the different islands and exploring all of the different places. Like you kind of turn turn up at an island, and most of the time you don't really know what's going to be there. And sometimes you can work out that you can do something straight away. Sometimes you realize, oh, okay, I've got to go away, come back, you know, do something else. But it's just 
it's just fantastic. Like the exploration side of it is probably one of my favorite things. And I really like that about Zelda in general. And this one feels like that's almost like the main purpose is to explore these little islands. And I think it's one of the Zelda games where I just did everything I possibly could, like got all of the, all of the bottles, all of the like heart pieces, like just everything in it. Just because it was so much fun. And I think it was one of the first ones, and correct me if I'm wrong, everyone, but where it was actually like kind of open world because everything normally has already been somewhat, I I wouldn't say that Ocarina of Time was that open world, but this one felt like so vast. It really just felt like you could be like, I'm just going to go places and go wherever I want. The other one, it was kind of like places were blocked off. You couldn't necessarily explore until you had to, until it was a part of the story. Whereas this one was just so open and I, I remember just as a as a kid playing it I was just like obsessed you know I, I loved exploring stuff I loved the ability to just kind of let go and just be like well I could go do that mission to save my sister but she'll be all right for a bit I'll go look over here and explore some islands yeah exactly it was like oh I need to go see Tingle I mean Tingle's far more important than uh, <laughs> the, the fish the, the fish with the, the one that little... makes that funny noise <clears throat> that yeah noise. that's it that's it I mean, Beetle is in this game. <laughs> Can we just make note of that? <laughs> Beetle came from this game. Beetle like, did. This is this is the introduction to our Lord and Savior Beetle. I mean, he's. Uh, I, I, fa- I want to play the noise again just because he's just because Do he's it? in there. Oh, I'm... Beetle came from. That's I mean, where that's that noise comes from. Yeah, that's it. that's the reaction you want when you walk into a shop, isn't it? Really. I mean, that's what you want. You just want someone to like be like, ah, oh! and then you want somebody to be like, ah. Oh! <laughs> you when you buy something <laughs> ever want from entering a shop at this point yeah um, it was it was a really lovely game and the characters in it were really sweet and i admit like when i no actually i think this is this is a cool fact about me i think this was the first game i ever bought when did it come out i think i saved uh, up all my 2000 2003 yeah uh so yeah i think it was remastered in 2000 anyway 2000 so i was like 12 13 and i'd saved up all my pocket money and it was around christmas time and i remember i bought it for my gamecube and i was i remember just being so excited and i was a little bit like whoa cartoon shit but the more i played it and the more i realized how adorable and how magical and how amazing it was i was just like i was hooked i have so many good memories playing this game and that's why i wanted on the switch but yeah, there's just there's just something about it. I think once you get once you break past the kind of shock of the way it looks, it's it's a really fantastic Zelda game. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what why it's kind of improved over the years. Like its reputation is that I think people have actually tried it. I think people now because of games like Journey and stuff where the art style is just kind of a part of a bigger, much bigger, more serious feeling game of kind of helped things like Wind Waker be seen in a more serious kind of tone, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think now more people are trying it, more people are oh, trying yeah. to go back and play it. I think it. it started something. I think it like started something, the way that the Wind Waker was and the dynamic of it all. I think it really kind of started something before its time Yeah, with the kind of boat explosion. I mean, like Sea of Thieves, right? That's kind of inspired by Wind Waker as far as I'm aware. I mean, it must be. There must be like that part of it, like because it is just a boat exploration game. Even things like you know, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Like, I think it tapped into people like having a boat and being able to sail places in a mm-hmm. in a video game. It does feel like a different kind of freedom. Like I'm not just jumping on this horse and traveling across a field 
like the same green field for ages. It feels, I don't know, different because you're tr like going through the sea and stuff. Um, yeah, it's yeah. just a really, really great, lovely game, like you said. And the characters in it, like your favorite Maycar is in this one. <laughs> Maycar um, is the best. So Maycar is like, they're like yes. leaf people. And Maycar is like the cutest little guy. And I even, I named my uh, chameleon that I had after him. Um, and I, as I fucking love me, and I want to get a makeup tattoo at some point. But there's a lot of other cool characters too, like Valu, like the dragon. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many cool characters in yeah. this. And is I that where the Rutos were born as well? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Ruto, the bird people, weren't really in the games beforehand, as far as I know. Like, I don't remember them being anything. Mm -hmm. And they're. The Dragon Roost Island has the, my some of my favorite music. It's like my favorite piece of music from Zelda. I think is Dragon Roost. Um, yeah. I just and uh, to be fair, most of the music in Wind Waker is just awesome. Like, yeah, just you yeah. hear it. It's in like all my video game playlists. All of this music, and I think if we ever did a proper soundtrack soundtrack thing, it would go in there because it's just. I feel like it was, wasn't it? Was it in your? Top five we did songs. songs. We haven't done soundtracks, so we might have done. Mm. Oh, Nikki telling me it was because yes. I think it was. I think it was. I can't remember um, these things. I also I have to agree with Juan and Nikki as well about Tetra. Um, I think Tetra was a really cool character to be introduced because Tetra was so different from Zelda. I think Zelda is badass. Zelda has been badass in things like Ocarina of Time. Um, later on, more more in a subtle way, obviously things to do with like chic and stuff and uh, kind of the underground kind of badass Zelda. But this was like, obviously I'm not trying to give any spoilers, but Tetra is was badass from the beginning. She was quite like tough, this kind of like really tough badass lady and didn't give a shit. She just didn't give a fuck basically. And that was awesome. And I really liked that because I felt like we hadn't experienced a really obviously in your face, powerful kind of lady in a Zelda mm. game. Um, not yeah. so that there isn't, but it just wasn't as yeah, it was the closest yeah. probably would have been the Gerudo women kind of thing. That's true, that's true. But, but having, had, I guess, as like a protagonist almost. Exactly. They weren't really like anybody you followed much of the story around. They were just kind of the people of the desert kind of thing. And they were enemies in the game, really. Um, yeah. You had to end up fighting them most of the time. Yeah, Tetra, could, like you said, she was part of the whole story. She owned her own like pirate ship and she was the queen. And yeah, she's just, she's just great. Um, facts. Yes, facts about Wind Waker. Um, I have a couple. Um, I'm sure you also have a couple, so um, we'll go through them. Um, I've got uh, in the in the game. Link is a voiced by uh, Sach Matsumoto, uh, who also voiced the Skull Kid in Majora's Mask. Oh, I don't remember so, the Skull Kid making much noise, but I think just a lot of weird giggling noises. Is for <laughs> to remember from the Skull Kid. Uh, I don't quite know how I feel about that, but that's the thing. Um, Another another fact that I had was um, apparently Nintendo really loves the song "Riddled of Steel" uh, from the 19, 1982 Conan the Barbarian film, and they've used it for three Zelda commercials. They've used it for Wind Waker, I to hear this. Ocarina, and also Twilight Princess. Like it's just for some reason they just love the Conan Barbarian music. Um, <laughs> that was fair enough. <laughs> Fact and my last favorite fact that I found about Wind Waker was um, the audio for the choo choos uh, is actually an argument between two Japanese men, but sped oh, up and played yeah. backwards. 
I think we had this fact a while back. We probably did, and I can never remember which facts we've had. But, um, yeah, apparently it's like the start, the man says, at least I'm not balding. And then the other man replies at the end and says, I'm looking like you. People are going to think you're a monster. It's so random, but I love it. It's such a funny and weird fact. Yeah. I just love that they just took whatever like where did they find the men like why were they arguing like there's just so many questions around around the choo-choo choo-choo audio um so many questions but those are those are my uh, little facts what about you i've got a couple um and just that there was supposed to be a wind waker 2 or there was going to be planned to be wind waker mm-hmm. 2 um but unfortunately the reception of the actual game wasn't great especially in north mm-hmm. america people were just not vibing with it which is i think a shame and as i said i think the appreciation for the game came much later because it's a, because of like the shock of like oh my god it's all cartoony and cel-shaded so they they threw those plans away and we had twilight princess instead um, but I just thought that was quite interesting. Um, my only other fact is that the apparently the conductors of the concert tour, the Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddess, have used custom-made Wind Waker batons, batons, which I thought was was really cool. That is but cool. you've been to, haven't you? I have been to. Yeah, we went to one uh, when I was in Vancouver. We saw one. Um, we saw that concert. It was amazing. If you get a chance mm. to go, go because really it's, it's beautiful. Um, but I had a poster for it somewhere. I think I was it might supposed have been lost to, like, um, move, but I was supposed to I wanted to go to the one that was announced before all this worldly shit happened. Mm-hmm. Um I picked the Studio Ghibli concert instead, the Joe Hisashi one, because yeah. he never plays the UK and I was like, fuck this, Zelda will be back. Um, you know, unbeknownst to me <laughs> the whole world issues. Um yeah. maybe it won't be, but no, one day I will go to Symphony of the Goddesses and it's gonna be amazing. And yeah, batons. I mean, I like it. I didn't notice the battle. Maybe they should. It's been a. It was a long time ago that I went. Yeah, so. they may have done it on like a few. Not been all of them, but yeah. All right, you're gonna have to make up another. Oh no, you no, that was my four. that was my one, wasn't you're it? You're gonna have so. to make up a number one then. Yeah, I will. I mean, like I said, I've got a lot of honorable mentions, so it's so right. it's fine. What right. is your number four? And I will get going into ready. my number four, which is my actual number four, which isn't going to be a crossover. I'd be shocked if it was is a wonderful game called Shenmue 2. It's not, but I'm currently drinking out of the mug. Yay, Shenmue. Um, so, <laughs> Shenmue 2 is a magical game. It came out in 2001, so it's uh, it's on the older realm of the 2000s. It was developed by Sega and published by Sega for the Dreamcast, which I never had a Dreamcast, but I got it on a... Um, Got it on an Xbox. I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure how. In that case, I don't. I think it maybe came out I think later. Two did come out in the on the Xbox, as far as I know. Like it's weirdly one of those ones where it kind of came out both times. Yeah, I think it came out a little bit, little bit after. Um, but like the original Shenmue, if anyone's played that, um, you control a teenage martial artist called Ryo Hazuki in his journey for revenge. Um, and in the first game, like some shit happens to your dad, then he gets murdered by uh, a mean guy. And in the second one, you're arriving in um, in, Chi- in Hong Kong, shall I say, because um, you're continuing to search for the killer of of your father, Lan Di. He's a he's a criminal. He's a part of some kind of organization. And so you arrive. To continue searching for for his killer, you search for like clues. You get you basically get to explore an open world city in Hong Kong, and it's so cool. I remember when I was younger, like my mind was blown. I was just like fucking hell. Well, for the first one, for a start, so you can explore Japan, but this one, it just it was like you're exploring like a bustling city. 
And um, it just blew my tiny brain, to be honest with you. And yeah, it was just it was just so cool. There was something so charming and comforting and lovely about it. It felt didn't feel like a fast paced game. Mm-hmm. It feels more like it's hard to sort of compare it to modern day games these days, isn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't know where to class this game as. It's, I guess, I mean, to be fair, more open world games nowadays have become closer to it because it's a lot slower paced. Like, there is a full day night thing and like cycle mm. shops, and you can just kind of spend your whole days just doing random stuff that don't involve anything to do with the storyline whatsoever. So. No. But I can't think of a game like it, I guess. I, it would be weird. It would be a weird game. I think things like Persona 5 a little bit. Yeah, because- Yakuza maybe with a bit more violence involved. Yeah, like there were definitely games with aspects of it, but nothing quite the same. Yeah, they, they, like I said, there was just something... For its time, I felt quite new but and before its time, I think. You know, you could just walk around, you could buy Gachapon... And that was a big part of it. And I don't know why I didn't put that in my mini game actually in the, if it might not five for the mini games on our last episode, because there was a gash one thing where you had to like collect them all. Yeah, I remember seeing many things. Uh do you want to play a game of Lucky Hit? I mean, it's a classic. Lucky hit. That's it. That's it. And I think I didn't put that in my top five. This is the funny thing. We don't remember our top fives after we've done them. Did I put that in my top five mini games? I think I said I didn't because it made me really angry. But um in, in Shenmue 2, you get to kind of like you get to work a lot. So, yeah, like, you get to do all these, like, mini games. You get to... And it's, it's just as Gus has just said, the books, right? So the books. I want to talk about them <laughs> because I streamed Shenmue not long books. ago. And I did that book thing over and over and over again. It was really tough. It was really tough. You have to you have to air the books, right? Who the fuck airs books? Who knew that you had to air books? But you have to take 100 books outside and just let them air and uh, it was really tough but anyway you do it you do it because you love Shenmue and you love Rio and as you were saying about like the time like there is it's it's real time and there's something really cool about that it's almost walking simmy because it's relaxing you don't feel this pressure to have to progress the story like super 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 fast it's like maybe I don't want to progress the story today maybe I just want to be like a, a man that drives a pickup truck not pickup truck Forklift, forklift, forklift. I don't know. I just fucking love it. It's it's a very weird but beautiful game. Like, but beautiful for not the the reason you would think. It's like visually, like it's quite pretty. But I mean, it's just such a weird, special thing. I did I did want to talk about Lucky Hit, to be honest. Yeah, Lucky Hit is a game that I was very nostalgic about. It's in our like intro. It's in our. (laughs) Would you like to play a game of Lucky Hit? But uh, when I when I was streaming it, it was so frustrating because I was losing. I lost continuously. And apparently it's a game of luck because it's called Lucky Hit. But I lost like 10 games in a row. But funnily enough, my fact ties into this is the Lucky Hit minigame apparently is affected by both weather and temperature, which affects the physical behaviour of the ball. What? You? That is weird. I don't think I've ever heard that. No? Badness. Absolute is- madness. I don't quite know how I feel about that one. Yeah, I I have some other facts as well because nice. I I don't know what else much to say about other than Shenmue Two, which which is lovely, comforting, and a fantastic game. But um, apparently, every hand movement and action, drinking a can of Coke primarily, 
um, was tested by a real person to get it looking as lifelike as possible. And attention was given to the veins in Rio's hands. So Rio has really veiny hands is what yes. they're trying to tell me. Which is I weird. Want, I guess maybe before motion capture was like a, a thing that was used a lot in games. So I guess I think somebody kind of... just had to sit there and just keep doing this over yeah. and over and over again. And people were just kind of filming it and looking at it and then putting it into the... Yeah. Mm. Um, another fact, which is fantastic, which I never did, but I'm going to do in my playthrough now that I'm doing, is that um, apparently if you jump through a few hoops, it's possible to gain access to a secret duck race during the Hong Kong section of Shenmue 2. Um a literal duck race. These cute ducks get to race, and they are very cute. Apparently, once you beat this mini game and obtain the gold medal, Ray can even find and race with his own duck. But beating it multiple times will unlock a penguin, so you can race a penguin. I mean, this this sounds. I don't. What do I do with that information? I know in number three, there's turtle racing. So, yes, I think they're playing on that. Must be where it started. The duck races. I like it. I like a good um, duck. My other fact is a very um, recent fact and a very apt fact, which is that apparently there's going to be an anime television series adaption of Shenmue, which was announced on September fourth, twenty twenty, at the Virtual Crunchyroll Expo. Shocking, right? Um, I mean, if they don't get Corey to do Corey Marshall to do the voice, well, then I don't want to watch it. I think they will because Shenmue is like super great with with stuff like that. I think. I mean, obviously Corey did the Shenmue three, which I haven't played yet. I'm a disappointment to myself, um, but I will eventually play. I think. I think they would. I just don't quite know what it's going to be. So this leads me into the a point that I think that you can both you can agree with me on. I don't know if the chat will agree with me on. Is um, I think you can't talk about Shenmue without talking about the voice acting. Oh yeah, no. There's literally half the charm of Shenmue is. The voice acting it's fantastic but questionable sometimes <laughs> i think it's fantastic for not the reason <laughs> we're being so nice aren't we we are we're just like we're not gonna ship it's, on it because we love this a, game but family piece of acting let's let's just put that out there but it's amazing like it's that's what makes the game the thing that we love is because it is that kind of like weird level of voice acting. Yeah. If you haven't played it or know much about it, like just Google Shenmue voice acting and you will like fully understand. But I think that's one of the reasons why I love it. It's hilarious when it's not meaning to be. It's endearing. It's silly. It's just, oh, I don't know. Yeah. That, that's yeah. it really. I think that probably ties in that, my into that fall nicely. I think I like it. Shenmue's a great, great one. I'm glad that we've, uh, I'm glad that we've managed to mention mention Shenmue. Cool. Does that mean we're on to my number three? Yes, yeah, probably going to be another one that you take off of me. I'm so sorry. Um, I think it is, you know. For fuck's sake. Well, at least we're doing shots and we're having a party, so. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it again. Um, I'm, I'm so sorry. My number three is Bioshock. Oh, this was one that I didn't put in, but I was ashamed of myself for not putting it in because I've spoken about it too much. So I'm glad that you put it in. Okay. Well, I'm just glad I didn't steal another one from you. No, um, you yeah. So my number three is Shenmue. Uh, Shenmue? I was about to say. Oh, for <laughs> Shenmue. 
No, no, it's just all Samuel again. Um, my number three is Bioshock. It was released in 2007 by, uh, I think it was like 2K and then Irrational Games and then Irrational Games has since now died as well. So there's just not, it doesn't exist anymore, this this studio, which is a shame. But the game is great. It is, if you've not played it, it's a first person shooter game, but the art style in it is beautiful. It's like autumn and spooky and very pretty at the same time. It's all like 1960s art deco kind of style and the music that kind of goes into that is just like helps elevate the rest of that feel in the game um the basic kind of story and this is like i'm not going to do the ending because it's uh you kind of need to play it to really get why it's good um and why the story is so good but it starts off your name is jack and you stumble across rapture i guess is the way to put it um when your plane crashes and you think you're kind of entering this Un- like underwater city and for some reason you think maybe that'll be a good plan it's not it's not a good plan um it's not a very nice place is uh probably the best way to describe this that's an understatement <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't take your holiday there let's let's uh <laughs> let's go for that one yeah i think i th- and it's quite a spooky game really like oh, the atmosphere God, yeah. builds. like it's not listed as a horror game technically like I really wanted to include it on our top horror games and I couldn't because it's not listed as a horror game. Um, no. But it's got a lot of horror elements. Like there's a lot of gore happening. A lot of the cutscenes, there's some really gory scenes in it. The the big daddies themselves, the big huge enemies that you come across, even just the splicer enemies, like the standard guys are quite creepy. They're all kind of like... It's really jumpy as well. I yeah. find that like you'll be in like a quiet moment and suddenly like you'll just hear like the splicer shout some sort of bullshit at you. Um, and it's just, it's the, it, I, I can never say this word right, but it's like the ambiance of mm. like everything around you. Like you don't ever feel safe. You no. always feel on edge. Yeah, there's no nice spot. Like there's not like a retirement area where you <laughs> Retirement <take> home. <laughs> no. It's not like a nice area. And then you'll think, oh, it's fine. I've just killed a bunch of splices. Like, what else could happen? And then a big daddy, like, rocks up and goes around mm. the corner. And you're just like, I don't want to deal with you. And their little sisters, as Lincoln's kind of just said, they're really creepy. And they've just, like, glowing eyes. But they, yeah, they're just creepy but also kind of sweet. Like, the relationship the little sisters have with the big daddies is quite cute in a really disturbing kind of way um i have to say it's probably one the first game that i played like proper shooter game like i've never really been into shooters um especially not story-based shooters like i can't remember the last time i played one before that really um i was always kind of in more anything rpg kind of based this is probably the first like straight one and i really enjoyed it but yeah and it's probably one of the closest things to horror i played for a while as well um so yeah, it's just a really fun, fun kind of game. Uh, fun, dark, dark game. And like I said, the story in it, if you've not played it, I won't spoil it, but um, we've spoken about it about before, like the pacing and everything and then the reveals and stuff. It's like a film. You could yeah. watch a film or a series of, of this story. Mm. Um, and again, I'm very like, proud of you for playing it because it is quite spooky. I've played all of them now. Like I have to yeah. say, like, and weirdly it started with... Um, probably started with infinite because infinite felt lighter i weirdly oh, it's very really lighter yeah i could run around columbia and not feel too bad and then i think i went back and played the rest because i felt way more enjoyable but yes. i still think this one's probably my favorite as much as i like infinite and infinite has a very special place in my heart the story just kind of of 
the first one. It's just something something else, really. Um, it's really interesting. And I think as well, it's kind of, again, that, that start of people playing, like people making, sorry, first-person shooters that have, like, another level of, uh, like, interest and story to them. You know, it kind of kicks off that feeling. Like, I mean, before it was kind of System Shock, which is kind of what uh, they always say Bioshocks is, like, Yes. spiritual successor to and it definitely you can feel that kind of feeling in it and that kind of thinking a bit more about story and stuff and not mm. just making something to shoot up a bunch of random no crap. there was a, there was an incredible amount of of backing behind it in regards to the meaning like it has a very like political background to it with like the whole like atlas shrugged book by Ariane rand like that it, it has so much context to it under the surface. And I think I, there's, they actually did a book that was about like the, about Bioshock. I can't remember what it was called, just about like the beginnings of Rapture and everything like that. And actually the dynamics of it all is, is so interesting. And I find it really fascinating, just the idea of this weird underwater city and, and the fact that they wanted like all the best minds down there. And then obviously something happened, which kind of corrupted everyone. It's, it's a really fascinating thing. And I remember when this game first came out and my brother played it a lot. And I remember watching it and sort of seeing bits of it. And I remember I was like, nah, not for me. And uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. I just, I think I saw the sort of horror aspect in the kind of, I just didn't, I, I didn't, didn't really hit me and then I remember I picked it up a few years later and I was like fuck this is amazing um yeah. that was an example of, of my stupidity at its best um but it's it's one that I really recommend playing if you've never played it before because on the surface it may look like this kind of horror shocking kind of gritty first person shootery mm. type game but there's so much on under it under the surface yeah definitely it's just it's just fantastic it's also quite it's got some moral choices in it as well which mm. i think are a little bit unexpected like you have to choose what to do with all the little sisters like um, yes you do have a choice in that don't you yeah yeah like whether you save them or take up their adam and use it for yourself like you can kind of and i don't know whether that changes everything i've never actually looked into i think it does affect the ending, the ending. yeah it changes the ending um yeah. but if you've played like infinite and all the dlcs and shit I mean, you know the right choice to make, but um, if I think as well for what it did, the way that it, all the games tie into each other, Bioshock 2, obviously people don't really enjoy that much or like to talk about, but it does also tie in together. And and I think that's what makes Bioshock in itself like this, this magical, awesome, awesome franchise. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I love it. And uh, I would have included it on my list, but I think I, I think I talked a lot about it before. And I, I don't know, I think it was well because of the fact that I, I did shun it to begin with. I was like, I, I don't deserve to talk about it, so I'm glad you did. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm glad I didn't steal anything from you this time. Um, I've only got two facts. One is that in 2016, nearly 10 years after the game was released, um, a player found a random hidden message in the game, which is basically a bug. And when triggered, it reads, uh, if you can read this, Paul Hellquist did not do his job. Love, Klein. And I have not since Googled <laughs> who these two boys person people are but i'm assuming that they are two developers and one of them is probably a programmer who was supposed to clear a bug Amazing. and didn't and i just Amazing. like that someone left that in there um so it's that one i really enjoyed and That's then hilarious. the other one that i found which was quite a nice tie-in again to our love of uh infinite is that the songbird noise is actually in the first game apparently it's the same sound effect is used when sander cohen plays the piano there's a sound that happens oh, and it's actually the songbird yeah. noise. Um, 
and again it's just it's that nice kind of feeling of like the them going back and taking sounds files and going like we could totally turn this into one monster um yeah. which i really like cool yeah that my cool. two two facts nice that is a really good pick and i'm glad it was mentioned and the funny thing is the more we go through this top five the more i realize that this top five is basically going to be talking about the games that i think we have already talked about a bit because this was such a good time for games it was such a good yeah. decade 2007 i agree with just in the chat was a great time for games there were some really momentous games that came out in this time and it made it really hard to do a top five when you're trying not to talk about games you've already spoken about a hundred times before yeah. but um that's okay that's yeah, I just every time I looked through this list of, of games and stuff that came coming up, I haven't actually included two games that I really should have, and I know I should have, but I literally had no room, and I was like, I, it's just too many. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So. And it, the thing is that I did as well that annoyed myself is I didn't include that many PC games, which I, I regret and I should have done. Um, I see someone, we've got a comment in there about um, like Neverwinter Nights and Thief, fantastic games. Yeah. Um, like yeah number two was in there like yeah, yeah there's just so many cool games like again yeah it was prime kind of pc to crossover yeah. era and uh yeah just but it's okay because we'll, we'll do we'll do some other like 2000s maybe like specific maybe we'll do like a 2000 pc because i feel like there's just so much but yeah. that's cool uh we're on to my one aren't we i think actually we, we? we are your number oh your number three so this might be this might be a crossover. So ready your alcohol. I'm ready Mr. Beadle and my alcohol. <laughs> my number three, which is quite actually low down, more low down than I thought it would be, um, is is Mass Effect. It's not a crossover. You didn't include Mass Effect. I oh, didn't you, include You played it late, didn't you, actually? That might, I played that might it, a... yeah, so two reasons. I played it late and also it's not my favourite Mass Effect. So I didn't include it. Right. The only reason, again, it was one of those ones where I was like, I should really include this. Um, but there are other games that mm -hmm. I'm going to put in here instead. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it, it's it's definitely needs talking about. So I'm so glad you have it. <laughs> yeah. I oh, I kept I kept moving it in and out because I was like we were spoken about Mass Effect time and time and time again. <laughs> you don't and I was stop like, talking about Mass Effect, I think. But I I. I think one thing that made me pick games on this list was thinking about when I played them, like the first time that I played them. I remember this one. So like the Xbox original that we had in my in my mum's house was only ever in like her room and it was on like this big TV and like on her bed. And like I would I remember like I would like go in there when I was allowed, you know, like during the day. And I remember like seeing this game, like I remember seeing the the, the box of it. And being like, oh, what is this? Like, I don't know if this is going to be good, but I'll just like put it in and see what it is. And that's what I, I do say this before. I, I miss, I miss that as a kid, just finding shit and just playing it, and not knowing what it is. Like that never happens anymore, unless actually you're on Game Pass. Maybe it might happen. But I remember putting it in and playing it and just being like completely and utterly amazed because I was a big fan of Knights of Republic Kotor, which is obviously a Bioware game um, as well. And so I think from from knowing that and then suddenly being in the world of, of Mass Effect, yeah, I was just, I was so enthralled with it all. Um, to give a, a bit of a background, it, um, it came out in 2007, which is mad to me because actually I was probably about 17. Seven. Um, which... Yeah, I think that's right. Um, yeah, and it takes place within like the Milky Way galaxy in the year 2183, where the player assumes the role of Captain Shepard. Captain Shepard can be a, a male or a female. And yeah, so you'll come on Shepard and effectively you're trying to save the world from horrible 
mean aliens that are trying to take over. I'm not obviously going to give any like spoilers or anything, but it, I think what enthralled me was was the kind of open world feeling, the multiple quests that you could do, and just the amazing story that they created at that time. Learning about the Reapers and mm-hmm. and everything like that, and these other races that had been like made extinct and it was just it was just cool it was like i was effectively playing star wars again in a game which i'd already enjoyed before in kotor and yeah it just it just captivated me really and yeah it's just always stuck in my head and i know that the first game isn't that good in regards to combat and stuff yeah but i think because of the way it made me feel when I first played it and and what it came after was why I was like I've got to I've got to put in the first one because yeah. it was it was the you know it was the compounding thing it was what started yeah. it all yeah I mean you wouldn't have Mass Effect 2 without Mass Effect 1 like it no. end up kind of thing so it's completely right to include it um and uh and it is mm-hmm. it's like a fantastic like the game for that across the whole three series like your choices and the just the the whole story, the whole kind of arc of of the first three Mass Effects, just ties in so well with the three games. It just works so well, and obviously it's all set up in number one. Like it's just a great yeah. kind of setting. Um, yeah, and again, like you guys are talking about the music, uh, music is yeah fantastic in it. it like, yeah. It's just, it was incredibly cinematic i felt Mm. like that was the first game i played around that time where i was like shit it feels like i'm playing like a movie but i had enough choice and enough kind of interaction with it to make obviously it did feel like a game but and also i loved the the friendships and the relationships that you can make in the game standard bioworship obviously they love their relationships their friendships and their dialogue options um and so for me i was like i was just won over i was like I, I fucking love this. Um, and I love Caden, and I will always love Caden, and that's where you first meet Caden. So. Um, but also, is that the first, do you meet Garrus in the first one as well? You do, don't you? Garrus, yeah. my first, my two loves uh, uh, from the first one, it's Garrus and Rex. Earth yes. not Rex. Is, uh, yes. I actually was more attached to Earth not Rex uh, in the first game than Garrus, like I have to say. Like I love Garrus, and I love him as a as one of the relationship options, but as a, as a friend, companion, Rex is just, I will die for that, that creature. <laughs> you, would, you would die for Rex. I would die oh, for right. Garrus, I think. Oh. Um, I would die yeah. for Caden first, but. <laughs> the Krogans, the Krogans are just my faves. I don't know what it is about the Krogans, but they just, yeah. Yeah. But it was it was the interactive storytelling. It was it was all of that. It was the friendships. It was, it felt like when you were switching over to each game from before, you know, you, you had that sort of solidified thing and so when you'd see them again in the next game you'd be like oh it's my friend like yeah. I love this guy or girl and yeah. or, you know whatever they are and it's just like it was just fantastic I just I've never had such a love for a franchise and yes they've disappointed me in some aspects with some parts of this franchise but it's fine because they brought me so much joy elsewhere and and yeah, and to lead into my one of my facts is that, uh, and something that Nikki touched upon earlier, which is that we will be having a remastered Mass Effect soon. Well, containing like Mass Effect One, Two, and Three, and all the DLCs and everything, um, which I think is called the Legendary Edition. So that's really exciting, and I'm hundred percent playing it all through again. Yeah, 
Uh, same. Like, I cannot wait for that. And, like, even super excited. And obviously, they've also announced that there's going to be another Mass Effect title, a new one. So, I didn't know that. So, that's fucking no. awesome. There's going to be a new one as well. Um, and okay. the, the image reveal, like, it's typical the internet has to- torn apart a single image that they've posted because they've not really said much about it mm. other than it's in early stages of development. Um, but people are kind of saying in the, um, in the screenshot of it, you've got a mix of races of uh, Milky Way galaxy races and then also Jarl. So there's um, whatever Jarl was from oh, Andromeda. Um, I can't remember what it was. P? Because of P? Prometheans? No, that's that's the other race, the similar. If anyone knows what Jarl was, um, that's no from Andromeda. Um, but then Fish also man. there's, yeah, there's a Salarian and in it and then some other things. But um, I think there's a Salarian and there's Thanes, whatever Thane is, I can't remember what Thane is Thane, now. Fishman. Fishman. They're all fishmen. Oh. They're all fishmen. <laughs> they're all fishmen. <laughs> this is why I shouldn't find them attractive. Um, hang on. Thank you. Um, yes. However, as you've pointed out, uh, Ski Boy, yes, they're not great at their images. It probably will be nothing. And Thane is a drought. Thank you, Nikki. Um, we should really know these things. Um, I just cannot wait for more of my favorite creatures. And their names have escaped me again. I cannot remember any of the Mass Effect Hannah? things. To... No, yes. No, Hannah are the jellyfish creatures. My favorite are the. Uh, oh, the Elcor. other one. Elcors. Oh, I just want more Elcors. That's all I want. I, I'll be yeah. happy if Elcors are in the new Mass Effect. That's all I want. Yeah. No, they are. They are cool. The as like the aliens are, are fantastic. I think Commander Nick said it earlier about how much um, wishes there was more aliens in like Star Wars, more attention on the aliens because there is a big, there is a lot of attention on the aliens in Mass Effect, and it's done really, really well. And it feels like there's a lot of back history to the aliens, and and kind of like there's such diversity within them as well. And and they're yeah, they're awesome. I fucking love aliens, and so yeah. do you. I, I mean, I love aliens more than most. I think it's been uh, <laughs> many times on this podcast, my love of aliens uh, and their beautiful, beautiful voices. Yes. If Brandon Keener could come back, please, and do do a voice, because his, <laughs> his voice for Garrus is just my favourite thing in the world. It does very special things to me. Um, yeah, that's enough of that. Yes. So I'll go into some facts. Um, nice. because we, we have used a lot of facts previously for Star, uh, Star Wars. We're not talking about Star Wars, we're talking about Mass Effect. Sorry, this is a Star Wars related fact, um, which was that when Bioware were working on Natural Republic, Kotal, which is a Star Wars game that they did before this, um, that was their like setting to Mass Effect because they decided that they would love to create their own interstellar universe like that, but like that with their own aliens with their own storyline whole different universe and and that's what they did and that's how Mass Effect was born so without Kosa we wouldn't have ever really had Mass Effect so I think that's um that's pretty cool good old nights with the old republic um I also wanted to bring up this other fact which I only recently found out about which we may have spoken about it before and honestly I can't remember but when I saw it the other day I was like where the fuck was this which is the shifty looking cow Found yes. on the planet Ontorom. Mm-hmm. I remember the shifty looking cow. Apparently, when you find it, like if you find it, because you don't have to, there's no dialogue option. You just find the shifty looking space cow. Um, and apparently, like when you turn around from it, it just begins stealing your credits, like your money slowly, um, and just follows you around and just fucking takes all your money. 
Okay, maybe I didn't find the shifty looking cow. I just know about the shifty looking cow. Yeah, you don't you don't have to. I think it's a random thing. So the the like the space cows kind of look a little bit like horse. I don't know how we have to describe it. They just look like hooved things. And uh, yeah. and it's just fucking hilarious. It's just it's just hilarious. I think um, it did, and I just didn't notice that it's stolen all my money. Yeah. It, it's it's just a fantastic little thing. And honestly, it's completely irrelevant, this fact. It's completely pointless, but I love it. Yeah, so the shifty cow takes your money. Um, another fact I have is that apparently on the planet Novaria, when the player attempts to restore power to the peak fatigue facility, the virtual intelligence mirror immediately appears and says, it looks like you're trying to restore this facility. Would you like help? And apparently this is a nod to Clip It, the infamous Microsoft Word paperclip helper character who is infamous <laughs> for popping up and offering unneeded and unnecessary help. Um, Shepard's renegade response to this is apparently, oh crap, a pop-up, um, which I just thought was quite funny. That's... I love Clippy. Clippy just, doesn't get enough love. No. Um, and that's it. I don't have too many facts because we've exacerbated so many facts for Mass Over the years. I don't. Um, yeah, we must be running out now. Yeah. We love we love the Mass Effect. I'm glad that you mentioned it. I'm, I'm really happy that it got a mention in here. So nice number three. Number two for yes. me. Yes. And number two for me, I'm... I don't think I'm going to steal one, but I'm really sorry if I do. Um, my my number two is a number two. It is Fable 2. Okay, that was originally in my top five, but I switched it out for one that you took. Um, so that's fine, because either way you would have taken it. So, yep, not a crossover. It's all good. Nice. Normally I'm stealing the... the I'm just game, all about the stealing at the moment, aren't I, today? This is showing that the tables have... Oh, I hit my microphone. This is showing that the tables have turned in this podcast now. We've turned two, and it's all about Steph taking the taking the games now. Maybe it's going to be my new segment as well. Like, I'm just taking <laughs> taking the new segment and all sorts. Um, right, let's let's talk about Fable, Fable 2. So Fable 2 uh, came out in, I want to say, about 2008, October 2008, I have uh, written down, by Lionhead Studios. And I played it on Xbox 360, which I think was the original only place you could play it um, when it yeah. came out. I think it was a Microsoft kind of siding things. Um, Microsoft-owned kind of studio at that yeah, point. Yeah, it was just, just them, wasn't it? They, I think it still is just them, apart from maybe it's obviously on PC, I think, now you can get it, but... Yeah, I think so. Um, it is one of my favourite action-adventure games um, out there. I will happily just replay this every so often. Um, it's just a really nice adventure. I think um, the way that they kind of balance a lot of the adventuring with uh, doing quite linear story, I think it's fair to say. Like, any story missions tend to be quite linear, but obviously it is an open world. And I like it mostly because the open world is probably... I, like a decent sized open world i'm getting a little bit tired of a huge open world spaces like i have to too say much space i too can't much. play games if it takes me an hour to walk across a map to somewhere you know at this time i just don't have the time for it um yeah. so i i miss the days of fable 2 where an area was kind of open and that was that was kind of it um and it was fun um the game is generally set in the time of like highwaymen and enlightenment it was like that kind of guns you have more like blunderbusses and things and i just really liked that style because it's not quite medievally like i think if you think fantasy you instantly kind of go into that medieval night thing um but i think this kind of went that step a little bit above it and it just makes mm -hmm. it like a little bit more interesting um and yet like 
Augustus just said, like, it's got some fantastic voice acting, lots of oh, yeah. lots of great British celebrities in there. Um, and it just kind of nails that feeling of being in a like English countryside yeah. or an English, like, I don't know. I think- yeah, I think the Lionhead Studios were in Guildford as well. Yeah. And it was just, I, I was thinking about it the other day, I was like, there's not really been a game like Fable since Fable. And mm. there's just amazing, like, northern kind of country, even just southern English accents and just humour. And just, there's something so endearing about all that voice acting and accents and stuff. Yeah. Definitely. Like you said, it just, it feels like, I, I just remember like you just run into random villages and stuff because obviously you can interact with all of the the villages and you can like marry them if you want to and stuff. And half of them, yeah. people I ended up married had like the best like West country accents, like, oh, we oh, yeah. love, we love you. <laughs> like, they were just following me that's around. It, it yeah. was fantastic. Um, and actually that's, that's another fun part of the game. Like, that side of things for an action adventure game was so complicated. Like you could get married and have children, but you could also have like STDs. You could get divorced. (laughs) If you didn't pay enough money towards your wife or husband, they would leave you because you weren't paying them enough money to live. Uh, Your children, apparently they could die if you didn't look after them enough. Apparently they could die of cot death, which is horrible. I didn't didn't realize um, or apparently on the other scale, they could run away to become adventurers and at some points you would have to rescue them. And I never had this because I don't think no. I ever, I never really had children in the Fable series. I have to say whenever I've played it, I've been like, I cannot be bothered with this. I, I don't, I can't be bothered with children in this game. Mm. I would get married and I think maybe once I had one, but I never had one for long enough. It would be something oh, I, I would do. So many, I had so many children. Oh, you always having children? Just so many. I don't even, I lost count. <laughs> Well, Nikki's whoring herself out in the country, just spreading <laughs> her seed. Yeah, like the the STD thing was such a weird dynamic, though. Yeah, and you, yeah, yeah. Who the fuck thought of that? <laughs> yeah, you had to actually buy contraception if you didn't want an STD, like, or if you didn't want to get the person pregnant, like, you had I mean, to it's buy teaching it was, kids shit, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> like teaching the the good thing about being protected i guess um mm. don't get stds um but i think one of my favorite things uh, about it is the dog like I've, you've got to love a dog companion anyway and this one was great yes. um as with all kind of Lionhead studio stuff there was this uh, feeling of depending how evil you were or how good you were your appearance would change and then also your dog would kind of adapt with that um as well mm. apparently like you would just go with it and i just loved that i really like that about um Lionhead games most of the time was that changing of your, you know, your actual yeah. look to fit your personality. Like you could grow horns if you were really evil, or you'd get a halo and your hair would go blonde if you were really good. And apparently, blonde hair is not like is good, and dark black hair is evil. So sorry, guys. I don't know what hair color you've got. They so. they did make it quite like basic, didn't they? With stuff like that, like oh, if you're evil, yeah. you've got like scars and like stuff like that on your over your face but um mm-hmm. it, it was still cool I, I like the fact that they had that dynamic that they they were able to have this kind of like thing where the what your actions kind of have an impact mm-hmm. um they have an impact on on your face which i just thought was and on your body and everything also i think that in fable 2 you can you can um you eat a lot and i think that also affects your body type i mean yes. that might be three no i oh yeah i can't remember if it was like 
two i know it's definitely in three i can't remember if it was in two or not but yeah i think there was because you ate pie if you ate too many pies classically <laughs> you gain a lot of weight and your character would get really fat and then to lose weight you just have to eat celery like that would be it life lesson yeah. for you everyone just yeah. apparently all you need to do is eat some celery that will solve everything i mean to um, be fair if you lived on a diet of just celery for a while it probably would mm. you'd also become very ill don't do it yeah. like but it, yeah just it, it was just funny i enjoyed that kind of humor like it was really just silly a lot of it's silly humor like the whole scg things like yeah. i mean not saying that these aren't a serious problem in life but <laughs> just i don't know they kind of it was just a silly like light-hearted thing that they did yeah. and technically you could have like a wife or a husband in every single town um yeah which is what i did and i think what a lot of people did mm. um yeah i don't think you were alone on your your seed spreading <laughs> there and you know all your many many wives all um, of the babies yeah um i liked doing the jobs weirdly like mm. chopping wood that was quite a nice pastime you could do just yeah. love chopping wood um i love those kind of games where there's just like a weird little thing you could do and it's just i weirdly get into them um so that was great and i think the only thing i would say that was a little bit disappointing about uh the fable series and it two as well as three but um mostly two was the the co-op was a bit disappointing um co-op i never was even bit, tried it it was one of those ones. Where it, was, it was one of those ones, though. It was it was not much point having a friend, where it's like you didn't get your own character. You were kind of like just a a shadow version of whoever was the main character was. Oh, so you weren't really gaining anything. You could help in fights and kill stuff with with each other, but like you wouldn't gain your own loot or anything like that. Like it would literally just be a floaty smashy fairy with you like that's yeah. kind of it um so it was it was a bit disappointing in that sense but yeah uh facts i've got two facts um which one of, which i didn't think we've had i know we've spoken about fable a lot and i don't think i've had either of these two facts so please mm -hmm. stop me if i'm wrong but um there's a creature in the game called a hob a little hob goblin they're basically like little goblin type creatures they often have little funny hats which i really enjoy but apparently uh they are a reference to an english philosopher called thomas hobbs who stated that life in a state of nature was nasty brutish and short which is a perfect description of a hob in fable so they've obviously designed it around that quote which i liked it was kind of again like nice, nice. kind of english kind of knowledge going in there um and there's one which I don't know how real this is, but I really liked it, and that was um, there's a there's a character in an NPC called Giles the farmer in Brightwood. Um, okay, he is basically one giant reference to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, and Rupert Giles, character of Rupert <laughs> Giles. Um, so apparently in Fable Two, um, the famous like the farmer is called Giles, and he has a homosexual son called Rupert. Apparently, in the TV series, obviously, in TV series, uh, Rupert Giles has a girlfriend called Jenny Callender. Um, apparently, in Fable 2, Giles' dead wife was also named Jenny. Um, Jesus. I know. And then, apparently, also, uh, it was Jenny was killed by a bandit called Ripper. Ripper is also the name, like a nickname that Rupert Giles has in the series. So, for Someone some reason... Fan, I think. Someone just went mental on Rupert Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I really enjoyed that they did, because Giles is great. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed that fact. It's not one I've ever heard before, and I now really want to go and look at how relevant or true that is. But I remember Giles, like, kind of, and I do remember one called Ripper, so I feel like it might be pretty true. Yeah, I do too, actually. He, maybe he was one of my many husbands. 
Maybe. I mean, it's <laughs> it's possible at this point. Anybody could be your husband. That's um, true. Or wife. Yeah. I would, you know. Either way, yeah. That was another nice thing. You could go either way, which was great. Yes. So I think it's um, always a nice thing. I've actually been playing Fable 3 lately. Sorry, mm. I was barely just coming in here and just talking about other shit. No, um, because it was on Game Pass, and I realised that I never really played Fable 3. For some reason, I think I, I did enjoy it when I got it, but I think it came out in 2010, so I couldn't actually put it on my list. Um, but it, it, I didn't, for some reason, I played it for a bit and I didn't get into it. And I was like, this isn't like Fable 1 or 2, like this isn't as good. And I stopped playing it, but so I'm replaying it now. And and um, it, it is cool that it does that. So you can marry, obviously, like both genders and everything. But the funny thing is, is in Fable 3, it does tell you when you talk to them and you see their information, whether they're straight um, or gay or anything like that, or lesbian yeah. and stuff. Which is quite interesting, but I did feel like it was like heavily dominated where it was like a lot of people were straight. And I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. I think they should have just like not had that on there necessarily. Yeah, like you could just get with anybody you want kind of thing. Yeah, but then I suppose, I mean, who am I to, to tell them what to do? But um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know where I'm going with that. But there's one thing about people 3 as well that I really enjoyed, which I don't know if they did in people 2 as much, but they did it in 3, which was the kind of like the celebrity voice actors. Did they have anything in 2? About that? Yeah, I think most of the same ones in two are also in three. Like, um, God, I can never remember her name. She plays Madame Hooch as well. And yeah, I'm... so she, yeah, she's prevalent, isn't she, throughout Fable? Yeah, was Stephen Fable, Fry in two? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I think I want to say I know he was in three. I know who he was in three. Um, mm. Let me have a look while you. Uh, oh yes, up. Augustus has said it. Zoe Wanamaker. That's the. There you go. Yes. Um, yeah. Stephen, yeah. Stephen Fry was in number two as Reva. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So yes, of course. I need to play Fable 2 as well, to be honest with you. I started on Fable 3, but I might go to 2 too. But um, also, Simon Pegg was in 3, I think. Uh-huh. And also, the guy from Skins. Uh, oh. And the, the blue guy from the X Men. He's in 3, which is cool. And I, I, do, I do like that. There is something, there is something quite cool about them doing especially to be fair bringing like Stephen Fry into anything I think we can all agree is fucking cool yeah and John Cleese and John John Cleese yes John Cleese fucking love John Cleese my favourite legend of a human being John Cleese yeah yeah so um, I don't know where I was going with that I'm basically just talking about how much I love Fable but I mean that's fine that's why I brought up Fable Uh, it's great it's a fantastic uh, game and if you've not played it and you like kind of action adventures it's definitely one to try it still holds up it still works really well it is it's a great game yeah I'm going to play too soon it's actually still especially on Game Pass where it looks a a little bit better Mm -hmm. it it still holds up yeah awesome All right. well that's my uh, number two Nikki it's time for your number two you won't have this all right, because apparently I'm not I'm not a stealer today. My number two is Fallout Three. Uh, I wondered which one you were going to go with. Yeah, so it came out in 2008. It's a post-apocalyptic action role-playing open-world video game by Bethesda, uh, and also published by Bethesda. It is one of my favorite Fallout's. I did play the first two when I was quite young, um, which I've spoken about before, and the other ones are great. But this one, I think, in particular, stands out for me because it was the first one by Bethesda, and it was the first one that was, like, first person in, like, a 3D world. And it it was just awesome. Um, it So it, like, takes place within, like, the usual setting of a Fallout world, which is post-apocalyptic, um, but also kind of having that kind of 50s vibe to it as well. Yeah. It is set in 2077, so it's in the future, but it kind of goes from a place where 
we would have kind of had a, a apocalyptic war in like the 50s 60s you take control of an inhabitant of vault 101 one of several underground shelters created before the the war that happened um and so people were basically put into these these vaults where they effectively lived underground because the world above them was too radioactive to to live in effectively and then eventually they all sort of like venture out and you are one person in this vault what vault 101 as i said and um the best thing about this game is your dad is Liam Neeson. I mean, that's fantastic. How can you get better than that, to be honest? I mean, you know he'll come and find you. <laughs> I think, I can't remember exactly how the game starts, but I think, like, at one point, like, you, you get to be the baby and Liam Neeson's, like, being all, like, dad-like and stuff, um, which is really, really cool. But I guess to give, like, no spoilers or anything, but, like, like a little bit of information, um, your dad effectively has, like, disappeared and you kind of go out in the world to to find him. And, and then you sort of find out what he was up to and what he was doing and you kind of end up continuing his kind of legacy and, and shit like that. And it's just, I love a post-apocalyptic world. There, there's no there's no easy way to say it like I just I I think it just has such a it's just such a good trope and there's so much you can do with mm. it and and fallout really really nailed it they've nailed it from the very beginning but this was just like a special case I think especially the fact that it was a, a 3d open world game um, they incorporate a lot of the old elements from the old games in it like things like nuka cola and all that kind of stuff and the weird animals that you could eat Um like and the whole they have a like a special system which is how like you kind of pick your your stats and stuff which is really really cool but the new thing that they did put in this game was was the vat system um the vat system was really really cool so you could effectively like slow down time to shoot and things like that um i'm also still trying to look at the comments as well as i talk about this because there are a lot of good good things um and I would say that my favorite vault, if I was to pick one, which is something that's been asked, is probably the Gary vault, which I think I might mention in a previous episode somewhere, whether it was on our Gary Patreon vault. or on this one. You've definitely um, spoken about the Gary vault at some point. I know that. <laughs> I think it might have been love, things that make shit myself, but yeah. Yeah, I love a Gary vault. But um, no, just in general, like Fallout, when, it, when Fallout 3 came along, it kind of gave this new dynamic to Fallout games. You know, it was no longer this sort of, top bird's eye view game it was this huge open world expansion it felt very bioware-ish you know you could talk to people you could kind of like dress cool make friendships you know have companions you got a dog and just explore this this awesome this awesome world and it felt real it felt yeah. genuine and they just Bethesda just nailed it and I you know I just have no I have no qualms with three I think three was awesome mm -hmm. four was good um four was was really really good i think the i had with four it was it was just like you know earlier we were saying that sometimes it's just too much it's yeah. too much open world there's too much to do um yeah. but yeah i as it goes fallout 3 has to be one of my favorite games of all time i think mm -hmm. yeah i know how much love you have for the for the fallout series um and you're right it does like was the original ones did they have the same kind of 50s-esque feel to them one and two to be or honest with you, something... I can't quite remember. I remember it just being very, I think one of them felt actually a little bit prehistoric. Like you were in like a cave, you were like cavemen. And maybe the second one had a bit more of that. But actually, I, to be fair with you, I think I might be wrong, but I feel like three might have been the first ones that took that into that kind of vibe, I think. Yeah, really but as I said, that feeling kind of thing. I think the last time I tried to play one and two, 
I think I played it for about 10 minutes and then died immediately and had to go back to the beginning and I never touched it again because I was like, somehow I, when I was 12, I was better at this game. <laughs> don't know. Weirdly, I had the same thing with Baldur's Gate 2 the other day. I tried to play it, immediately oh. could not work out what the hell I was supposed to be doing. And I couldn't remember. And I was just like, I don't want to be sitting looking at a guide. I just, I have it and I put it down. I have not been back yet. Um, no, so. it, it was tough. It was tough. Um but yeah, as I said, I, I think Fallout 3, it really created, it made, it made like a, a gateway to this new type of Fallout game. And it could have gone the other way. It could have been shite. It could have been shockingly shit, but it wasn't, thank fuck. Um, it was great. And from then we've only, that's going to be a blatant lie. I was going to say from then, from then it's only been up. Only gotten only, better. Which and it's then you not. remembered 76. <laughs> Which they have improved on a bit. Yeah, they have. They're and doing a No Man's Sky, aren't they? Where they're just slowly making it the game it should be when they released it. But. Yes, I would really like a really good Fallout Five that's nothing yeah. like Seventy Six. Um, that would be fantastic. But um, yeah, <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get I love there. my power to stop myself there. <laughs> You've remembered. <laughs> So I think I've spoken a, a bit about Fallout. I don't know if I ever spoke specifically about 3. I can't quite remember. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if you've ever spoken about 3, the game. I think you've spoken maybe about some characters, maybe some vaults, maybe some elements of 3. Um, I don't think you've actually ever spoken about 3. I, I say this and it's been two years and I can't remember everything I've even said. So, I mean, I have no hope of remembering what you've said. So I apologise. But... Um, <laughs> I don't remember talking about three a lot. I just because I think you know my feelings on on three and and Bethesda's games in general is that I I love the idea of them and they sound so cool, but I just have never been able to get into them. So you think they're trash? No, I don't. This is my point. These. Are... <laughs> so this is my thing with these games is I feel like they're good games, but they are just not for me. The way they do That's stuff, fine. the way they do quests. It's just something about them. I've never, like, same with Elder Scrolls. I cannot get into any of the Elder Scrolls. I know they're fantastic games. I know Skyrim is keep getting sold on every single console ever existing. But I just, I've never been able to get into them. I think it's something about the way they do quests and their pacing. They're too mm. big. They're too big and they're too open for me. I'm not a, I think I need a little bit more structure. So it's funny you say that because I feel the same about Skyrim and Elder Scrolls. I've always struggled with Elder Scrolls. Yeah. I love the idea of it and I've tried and I've gotten into it a little bit, but there's something always stopping me and it, I, it is over. It's too much sometimes. You, you can have too much. But for some reason with Fallout, I don't have it. I don't know yeah. why. I don't know what the difference is. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I always just find that I, I set off on a mission and I think, oh, this is great. I'm fine. I can do this mission. And then I end mm. up in somewhere that I immediately get murdered because it's just too high level. And I'm just, and then I, or I end up doing half of a quest and I think, oh, it's great. I've done, I've done a quest here. And then I find out that it had nothing to do with anything, so like the main quest. And I've done something really weird and I'm five hours too. walked off like a middle of a thing. <laughs> I and it, don't really do that as well. Yeah, that's the thing about them. And I get so lost and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's like, and I get frustrated at that. And I, I think, I think as well, Fallout for me is as cool as I think the world is and the world building. I don't want to spend much time in it. Like it kind of spooks me a little bit, I think. Like, I don't like the creatures that are roaming around in it. Like, oh. I don't want them to <laughs> come and see me. So I just don't want to hang out in that world. You know what I mean? It's not like Breath of the Wild or something where but I the can radio, spend hours running around. Yeah, the radio on the Pit-Boy, put that on. 
And it just makes everything feel great again. No, because then I'm distracted. Because then I'm walking around, I'm having a lovely time with my beautiful radio on and my 50s <laughs> tunes. And then some giant super mutant comes and blasts me out of nowhere. And I'm just like, well, this was shit. Like, That's this is what happened. <laughs> no, it's not me. It's not for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's weird for me how I how I can have such a hit with Fallout and not with Skyrim and stuff like that and Elder Scrolls. But it makes me think that I think eventually you might be able to get into a Fallout game. Maybe not Fallout Three. Maybe not mm-hmm. Fallout Four. Definitely not Seventy Six. Maybe one day. <laughs> maybe five, I think, five will be my thing. I think you might be able to get into it because yeah, you're quite similar to me in that regard. And I think that yeah, I'm I'm just hoping for it one day. But it's. It's just one of those things, I think, like, for me, when it comes to, like, storylines and quests and stuff, so I do exactly what you do in Skyrim. I go off on some tangent. I end up in a dungeon that's, like, 20 levels higher than me, and I die, yeah. and then I have to go back, and then I'm like, fuck this. Um, there's just some, there's something about it. There's something about Fallout. And I think if you like the main story enough, if the main story has enthralled you enough in the game, then you will want to do the quests Whereas I think for me, I've never been enthralled by the main story in Elder Scrolls. So I've never wanted to do all these weird quests. And I think that's yeah. a big thing for me. But um, yeah. yeah, I just can't find the main quest. This is my problem. I'm sure I've been enthralled. Liam Neeson. I'm sure I've been enthralled. But after I'm allowed to leave the fucking vault, I cannot find the main story. And I just lose all hope and interest. Mm. So Maybe it's the UI. <laughs> Blame yeah. the UI. I mean, let's not talk about Fallout's UI. We don't want to have that discussion about it. It's okay. uh, it's not fun. I've got a lot of facts, but I'm just going to pick a few because we'll be okay. here all day otherwise. Um, apparently, obviously, as I said in the beginning of the game, you're a baby in a cot, which is a bit weird, but it's quite cool um, mm. when Liam Neeson's being your dad. Um, apparently, um, the baby voice is actually the game director, Todd Howard's son, Jake Howard. So they recorded his baby doing all those baby noises. Well, that's cute. Yeah. Um. Also, apparently in Megaton, you can. This is a place where you can blow up an undetonated bomb or not blow it up. Um, and the Children of the Atom, which are like a, a weird cult kind of thing about this this big bomb, um, is a reference to the film Beneath the Planet of the Apes, in which a cult worships an intact nu- nuclear ICBM, which I think is some kind of nuclear nuclear bomb. So yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I love a good reference. Actually, that's the thing about Fallout. So this is why I've got so many facts is because they have, they are just, when it comes to Bethesda, they're just amazing at the references. They do so many cult references and movie references and everything references, which is, which is awesome. And I really enjoy that, but they do give you a lot of facts, a lot of fact ammunition. Yeah. Me too. Covered in facts. Yeah. Um, Also, apparently um, the president, John Eden, who was effectively this voice that would come from this little robot that would fly around the world, who I think effectively was a little bit of a cult leader, um, was apparently meant to be voiced by former President Bill Clinton, but the team were unable to get him for the role. I wonder why. I mean, <laughs> if only. Can you imagine? That would have been amazing. Bill Clinton in there. But I just don't think... I think Bill Clinton would have read this, like you know, the synopsis of his character and been like, maybe not. I don't think it's going to be great for my PR, guys. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, but I just thought that was funny. Like, they were just like, yeah, we, we can get a president to be a voice actor, right? Sure. That's that easy work. Yeah. Um, another interesting um, fact is that apparently the Brahmin, which were effectively like two-headed cows in the game, like, obviously because of the radiation, everything mm-hmm. had to have two heads or be weird somehow. 
um, was apparently um, played on the Hindu culture's re reverence for cows. So like Brahmin is apparently something to do with the word, I don't know. Because the Brahmin I think does mean cow in, in Hindu maybe. Um, so you could eat the Brahmin. So what they did in India was they actually banned it. Yeah, that's sacred, like cow. Yeah. The whole point of the Indian cow is it's a sacred cow. Yeah. So. so it was completely, completely banned. I think the ban might have been lifted eventually, but um, <laughs> I'd also like to point out um, Kwan and Nikki's comment in the chat, which is top five cows in games, which is a great idea. Top five cows in games. Five. I want it. <laughs> I think and Nikki's also put top five UIs, which I think would be a me only episode, just talking about me nerding out about UI. I would come in with loads of different UIs from games that you would effectively just come in and be like, no, that shit. <laughs> You can still have your own opinion if you like using them. <laughs> um, and Junkard Jar has also asked, what does Fallout 3 have over Fallout New Vegas? And I would say that generally these two games are kind of in the same pot in a way. Like I remember when Fallout New Vegas came out, I remember I got the collector's edition. I was super excited for it. And it just felt like a DLC. Like I would never, it never felt yeah. like a standalone game for me. It was always That's just... Always yeah. what I thought it was, was just a part of... Because I don't feel like... Can you play Fallout New Vegas without playing 3? Like, yeah. would you have much of a... Is the story completely separate? Or yeah, you're, you like, you're, more... a, you're a postman. Oh. I mean, that sounds pleasant. Yeah. I feel... I think... So I think the difference is, is effectively, from my memory, if memory serves me right, you're in a different place. I think you're in Nevada, like Las Vegas. Okay, um, yeah. And you're a different character. Matthew Perry plays one of the main characters I who mean, I fall in love with, and then he breaks my heart. This might be the game for me. Yeah, like it is. Yeah. It is. It is a good game. But yeah, I'd say that there's to me there's not much difference between the two. Um, I like to think of having them both together. Yeah. Well, to be honest, that's pretty much it. I, I think that's that's pretty much it. Um, that's that's my number two Fallout. Nice. It's a it's a good one. Like like I said, it's Fallout is definitely one of those series that I would love to get into. I just have never managed to uh to quite get there. But um it's a good one. It's a good one on the list. Um we're on to number ones, so that means it's time for honorable mentions. Um so yeah, if anybody wants uh, to mention any games, now is your time. Um if we've not mentioned anything, if we spot one of our number ones, we probably won't mention it. But um, yeah, feel free to go on. Yeah, uh, start posting them. Um, what are your honourable mentions, Nikki? So mine are, uh, one of mine was Civil 2, which we've spoken about. Mm -hmm. um, another one was SSX 3, which was a good game. I love snowboarding. I've got SSX on tour, which is an underrated SSX yes, I love that. I love that one too. It's my favourite. Mm -hmm. um, Star Wars KOTOR, which I think came out in that decade. I didn't fact check myself. I think it is. I think you're on 2000. I think it's like right on the... I think it, think it did. Yeah, Nitro Republic, which I did want to put in my list, but I was like, I've got no room for you. I'm sorry. I think Mass Effect is going to come in there. Um, Dragon Age, which I know Commander Nikki mentioned earlier in the chat as well. Um, and I, I wanted to mention Dragon Age because Dragon Age is a fantastic game. Dragon Age Origins, it's my favourite. I I really wanted to put it in the list, but things just have to, you know, five is really hard because there's always going to be more than five. If I made a top ten, that would be more like, it would be better because it would show more of a diversity in, in shit. But yeah. Okay. But we'd be here for five hours, so it's yeah. uh, it's fair. Uh, Bioshock was in my list. Mm -hmm. 
you picked that luckily uncharted drake's fortune the first one was in my yeah. list that, that nearly made the cut but it didn't and uh yeah nice. i actually realized that i don't have a number one so i might talk a bit more about one of these um when we come down to it. i might just just say that this is my one so i don't know if you want to talk about some people's in the chat so you want to do yours next or what you want um, to do? let's do some chat ones before i do my ones um so we've got uh sims perfect dark Perfect Dark was a good one. Um, yeah. I forgot about Tricky, SSX Tricky, yes. uh, which I feel like he's got to five's favorite one, but I'm just going to always <laughs> snub it. Um, <laughs> Dead or Alive Volleyball, that's an interesting one, but a classic one. I had a Dead or Alive movie, which was a weird movie. Uh, Kato, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. Sands of Time was a good game. It was yeah, a great that, time. That a um, yeah. Core, I don't know that one. Core. Core and Rimpa. Yeah, I don't know that one either. Yeah. That sounds that cool. I feel like I want a, a slide in Boulder's Gate as being a, a good game as well. Um, oh, was that I one in 2000? I, I think so. I don't, I don't know, to be honest Let's with you. Check, fact check you. Boulder's but, Gate 2. As Duke mentioned earlier, Neverwinter Nights, I think, was definitely, like Boulder's Gate Neverwinter Nights was definitely oh. around that time too. Boulder's Gate um, is too late. What's Boulder's Gate 1? Mm. Uh, Boulder's Gate 1 is too early. You can have neither of ah, Boulder's Gates. Neverwinter Nights, though, you can have. You can have Neverwinter Nights, which is just as good. Uh, it's a great game. Um, my uh, my mentions, um, mm -hmm. I had uh, things like Mass Effect um, and SSX. I've also got Left for Dead, uh, which is like a great time around that time. Guitar Hero, things like that. Yeah. Like All the Guitar Hero started around then. You could not go to a house party without having... Uh, Guitar Hero hit. Um, Mirror's Edge. I really enjoyed mm. Mirror's Edge. I play, recently played the second one and I hated it, but the original Mirror's Edge is great. Um, and then I've also got uh, World of Warcraft in it because I feel like it needed a mention. Um, okay. Because it kind of kicked off the whole, you know, kicked off Blizzard mostly. And uh, we know we like Blizzard for our own own ways. Um and then I've got some other other mentions, but I don't know whether to mention them because I feel like maybe one will come in to your one. But we've also got some Final Fantasies that came out around that time. Oh, oops, yeah. Final Fantasy X came out then. Um, and so was Final Fantasy IX. Like really? one of my favourite games. Did, when did Final Fantasy IX come out? 2000. Near 2000. Huh. Yeah, it's a later one. It's oh, uh, interesting. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of mine. Final Fantasy IX is just fantastic, which you're playing at the moment on your stream. I am. Yes, it's really good. Lovely tie-in. Uh, we've got some more in the chat, so uh, let's have a look through Black and White. I don't know if Black and White came out, and if it did, I'm going to shoot myself because I Black love and White Black too? and White. Black and White 2, probably. Oh, I'm sad. We are going to have to do a PC games because I've missed Black and White. Um, yeah, agreed. Gun? Guns? Gun's a great game. Um, mm -hmm. I've only ever heard... Many rumblings about Gun and everybody who loves Gun. Uh, yeah, Mirror's Age, I think, was like 2009. It was just on the cusp of 2007, 2008. All right, Mirror's Edge. And yeah, Final Fantasy Nine is mentioned yeah. in there. So um, yeah, all, cool. all of the mentions going on. Does that mean it's my time for my number one? Mm-hmm. You have no ability to steal anything from me because you've taken everything from me. I mean, I can't steal <laughs> anymore. So, Okay. My number one is The Sims. Okay, good, good pick, yeah. I went with The Sims. I mean, The Sims 
kicked it kicked it off for for many things. I know we were just talking about lack of PC games, so I'm sad that I've got this one, but not some of my other favorites. Um, the I've gone with the original Sims. I feel like we've spoken about The Sims Three quite a few times, maybe even Sims Two. I don't know how much we've spoken about the original Sims. Um, I felt like we should probably mention it as just because we don't often. Um, it came out, yeah, 2000, like I said. Apparently, February 4th, 2000 is what uh, Wikipedia told me, um, by Maxis and uh, kind of, I'd say, the child of Will Wright. Um, he kind of came up with the main thing. I think he was the lead designer on it. Um, it's a life simulation game. Basically, think about a dollhouse, and there you have The Sims. Um, I think it's it shaped a lot of people's lives. Sims is one of these games where you can talk to people who aren't... I don't know. I would say people who aren't particularly gamers now, who played mostly games and oh, yeah. games as a kid, um, but they would have played The Sims. Like I feel like it was just a staple of our childhood around the the like late nineties, um, early two thousands was to play The Sims. You'd go around to each other's house and you'd spend hours just staring at a bunch of Sims walking around. Like that would be that would be your day, and it would be fantastic. Um, I think as well, like it was one of the first games that really kind of brought in that freedom to do anything you wanted. Um, it was like playing with a dollhouse; like you could choose to ruin your life instantly. You know, have set fire to your house, like taken, like I don't know, just you could murder people, as Augustus has said. Like career as a professional pool ladder remover. Like we know how to murder people now, and it's just take away the pool ladder. Take um, the door from a room when you're cooking some waffles. Yeah, just just you know, don't teach them how to cook. Don't put the fire thing in there, the fire alarm. You can yeah. get babies taken away, like, or you could just have a great like acceptance, like of just, <laughs> or just a normal life where you don't kill your sins. Yeah, you know, a normal life. Have a career. You know, yeah. have a successful time. Make all the money. Build the giant houses. Um, you know, building houses was still a thing you could do in the first one. Is and it's great fun, like the decoration and all sorts of stuff. Like it's just, um, it was just a really fun and interesting thing. And it felt so new and different back then. Cause obviously we had things like Sim City, which was obviously the, the thing before the Sims. Yeah. And that was fun. That. But yeah, it wasn't, it's just nothing compared to the actual Sims. Like there's something about having your little person that you've made look like either your worst enemy or, or someone you were crushing on. And then, you've done things like you've made them your thing yeah yeah the sims it it really it was so different at the time when it came out um it it was just like nothing else that had really existed and yeah it was mind-blowing i loved it yeah i think this is the thing everyone did it was such a big hit um and you know like i'm talking about the sims but in in the 2000s the sims 2 and the sims 3 came out in that in that year it was sims 2 in 2004 and sims 3 is in 2009 um sims 3 is probably my favorite sim but two like the early one is one i keep thinking like i have very fond fond wistful memories about spending a lot of time on number one um i had the uh i had some of the expansions um i had like i think it was living it up which was the one that everyone seemed to have which i think just put like it gave you extra stuff and kind of new careers and it kind of expanded the game a bit and then i also had hot date which was mm. the one where they added in like uh, hot tubs and you could go downtown because this was still in the era where you could only spend time in your single house. Like you couldn't go and no, you were do restricted. much outside of your house. 
unless they came over. Like it was, it was really restricted. Oh, I'm going to look um, at some of these DLCs. Yeah. House Hot party. House party. I didn't have house party. I don't know house party. That was yeah. the one with the clown. Could you have the clown in that one? Yeah, I think so. And there was unleashed, which I think was the pet one. Um, There's a it? magic one, right? As well, I think. Yes. Make, making magic. I think I had making magic, um, which was pretty cool. Vacation, living large. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it definitely, I think it definitely got better in, in two. I think they, yeah, like, I think it, two and three and four were pretty good. I think, you know, Sims one just kind of started the whole thing and, and it was such a big thing, but yeah, I think, I think in the first one, I remember you used to be able to, um, to do like the control alt and then like move objects. And when people were, were woohooing or, mm -hmm. you know, having sexy time, you could, um, you could take the bed away. <laughs> Yeah, and, and they just see this blob. Two naked, writhing bodies, like, going at it. And I remember just being, being, being like, so naughty whenever I did that when I was, like, 10. <laughs> it was great. Like, they were just these weird things. And, like, yeah, locking people in just single cupboards and just torturing, like, small beings for hours on end. I remember I also used to take the shower away when they were having a shower. And yeah. you would just see these, like, these Sims... <laughs> bodies and it was like it was a ken doll you just be like oh yeah okay but your, your morbid curiosity got the better of you right the toilet yeah. you can take away the toilet as well take the toilets as well so they'd just be sitting there like naked and you'd be like oh you're shitting on the floor now you stupid <laughs> you're, <limb."> <laughs> you're naked you're naked marvin you're naked <laughs> why have you got entirely naked to have go to the bathroom you weirdo um, no it's a part of learning it's part of growing up yeah. right was taking the shower when you're your sims yeah that's, you, how, you, that's how, how you learn yeah this was uh early days you couldn't go on the internet and look at porn and this is the only way we learned about bodies <laughs> we learned that apparently bodies did not contain genitals and they were just smooth <laughs> And many confusing years led after that one um, when faced with different things. Um, yeah, it was great. The one I had for Hot Date, that kind of expanded on um, the, like, relationship side of stuff um, and, like, sexting. And so you could have, like, sex in a hot tub. So you could do the same oh, thing with the hot yes. tub where you could just remove the hot tub and there'd be these mm. two naked people just, like, sitting on each other in a hot tub position. It was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of thing. I I've forgotten until looking into the game again, and the uh, landlines were still a thing when this game uh, the game yeah. was around. You didn't have mobiles or anything, so all your house phones would just constantly ring. So if you didn't have a phone, like it was such a boring household, you always needed the phone there. I just kind of I don't know why, but I missed I missed the landline looking through uh, looking through that kind of thing. Um, I know it's it's almost too much to have the mobile now in Sims. Like I don't like it. I like to be able to go to a phone. Yeah, you're constantly bothered. It's like real life, mm. right? You've just constantly got, a, you can get text messages wherever you are and people phoning you and you're like, I'm out doing something. Like, leave me alone. Yeah, like Bella Goff is always just texting me being like, can I come hang out? Can I come hang out? And I'm like, no, Bella, spend time with your husband. <laughs> Stupid Mortimer's lonely. <laughs> um, actually, she might not even be in that one because I think she disappears or something and there's this whole thing about her. There uh, is maybe it's no Mortimer that's always bothering me. Yeah, Probably maybe it's He was a sad sack of a human. <laughs> well, his wife did disappear, Steph. <laughs> this is true. I think she comes back as like a younger. Ver I can't remember. There is. She I remember. Is, yeah, fact, she is right? like a young, sexy version of herself. There's definitely some facts that we've had before about Bullock. So if anyone could remember, like, let us know. Um, but actually, talking of facts, 
Um, a couple of my, there were so many Sims facts. So I've kind of narrowed it down to four. Um, and the four that I've gone with is one, which is if you make it to day 100 with a single household, so if you've had a household for 100 days, uh, you get a message congratulating you um, that basically says, like, well done, for the next 28 days, you're going to get um, messages every day from the developers. And basically, each day you get a new thing about each developer that worked on the game. So you can learn lots more little facts and stuff about the people that made the game, which I thought was really cute. Um, yeah. And I never actually made it. So now I really want to go and see and read all of them. Um, so cool. they seem cool. Um, the other one, which I think Nikki's been talking about in the comments a little bit, is in uh, E3 1999, when they were first kind of talking about this game, uh, the gameplay trailer featured a same-sex kiss. Um, it wasn't planned by the developers, and it was kind of the first one of the first games to show and publicize this. Um, but it actually helped drive the game to its massive success because they were obviously letting you like do whatever you wanted and act like humans and you know interact with whoever you want in any way you wanted, which was cool. So I'm glad that it was kind of received in the right way and and it boosted boosted it. Um, yeah, especially back then because I feel like back then you didn't see much of that in games really. Um, I felt like video games at that point were very much like just very straight. Turning there, yeah. I mean, we had like Tomb Raider and stuff like that, right? So yeah, so yeah, I, that's I think that's pretty cool. I mean, it would have been silly to have had a game like that where basically you can do anything you want, you can get some to do whatever, and not have that ability to yeah. to basically have like all these different kind of relationships, which I think was was really good. Yeah. Um, so, so that was really cool. Um, kind of similarly to that, apparently, um, before in this version, teens could not have woohoo. Um, and everyone as speculated that if you were a teen sim, uh, it was because of the ratings. Everyone just thought like, oh, it will drive mm -hmm. the ratings. Apparently that's not true because in number four, as a teenager, you can now woohoo. So... Oh, okay. Pregnant teens, apparently, which I didn't realise. <laughs> apparently there's teenage pregnancy in The Sims now, which is, I guess, close to real life. Five. Fine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and my last fact is quite a fun one that I did not realize that happened. Uh, apparently, in China, uh, you could not have the crime career. So, do you remember that you could have a career in crime? Yeah, you could become a burglar. Apparently, in China, you weren't allowed to do that because of like government politics and stuff. They wouldn't allow the game to have it be released mm -hmm. there if it continued it. So, instead of a crime career, they changed it to a mime career. <laughs> and I'm so sad. <laughs> That we never got the mime <laughs> career. Like, I, I want to be that. a mime. Right. Um, and apparently that's where the classic, like, sim mime outfit comes from, is the fact that China... I think China as well was, like, the only one that had to be edited mostly for release. It, everywhere else kind of accepted it as it was. But I just loved that. Like, how do you go from crime to mime? Other than rhyming. That's... I imagine it probably doesn't rhyme for them, though, either. Which it provides us mm. humour. But... It's like, well, can't have crime. Let's be a mime. I mean, new. <laughs> that should be a new thing they tell prisoners as they like. You can't do crime anymore, but you can do mime. Have a nice life. <laughs> yeah, Leave that's interesting. Yeah, um, uh, that's that's my fact, and that yeah. is the end of my uh, my number one, The Sims. I've gone with nice. two thousand, just to finish off the year. Cool. I feel like we've gone from like lots of different different years, which is good. I was worried we'd be like too set like late two thousands. I think mine is a lot of like late two thousands, mm, but I felt like I was gonna get a lot of late ones. So my number one was originally Wind Waker that got taken from me. Brutally. Sorry, not sorry. 
Um, it's fine. I've, I've done this enough to you for you to, you know. So I have actually mentioned this one already in my own mentions, which I shouldn't have done. I should have thought tactfully about this. But I've had two shots. I'm drinking a lot of wine because it's our birthday party. Um, I'm going to put in as my <laughs> for win wakers. Let's go on and hear the chat. Agreed. <laughs> RIP my number one. Um, my number one now is going to be in my mention briefly, my mentions, which is Dragon Age Origins. Nice. Which is the first Dragon Age game in the series. And I first played it on PC for a little bit and um, and I didn't really get into it. Again, I seem to do this. I don't know why. And then I bought it again on mm. PS3. PS3. And, yeah. um, and I was won over. I, I absolutely loved it. I fell in love with this game. Obviously, it's a Bioware game. I can't tell you when it came out because I don't have any notes because this is an impromptu number one. Um, but you play as basically like the hero of Ferelden. There's something going on called the Blight, which is effectively mm -hmm. a little bit like Game of Thrones, White Walkers. There's a lot of people that are like coming up from underground. They're gross. They're evil. And um, and you sort of come together with a few other people, become a Grey Warden. Um, and where you effectively drink like the Blight blood. And... Um, and it's a typical Bioware game. Like you form your team, you make relationships, you make friendships, uh, you can romance as well and just do shit. Just do good stuff, <laughs> adventure. And yeah, like I think often just saying it's a typical Bioware game sometimes just says enough. But I, I liked it because it was it was a very like fantasy game. You know, it had it had the Skyrim Elder Scrolls element to it, but it entrapped me like that doesn't. Um, you know, it had a linear storyline that was really exciting and really interesting. Um, not so that the Elder Scrolls doesn't, but it, it you know, it enthralled me. And but also, the side quests were quite fun. They were quite silly, and and other characters could have like crazy dialogue, which I've spoken a lot about in the past. So I won't speak too much about that. But um, one of my favorite characters of all time, Alistair. Spoken about my love for Alistair before. Um, voiced by Steve Valentine, who is like the Garrus to, to you, yes, yeah. Alistair to me. Um, but also, really, what other cool characters like Liliana and Stan, and, and you get a dog. Any game that you get a dog is like excellent for me, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's just, you know, it, as I said, it, like things like Mass Effect, it paved the way to more yeah. awesome Dragon Age games. Dragon Age 2 wasn't as good, but um, Dragon Age 3. Technically, yeah, Inquisition. Was it called Dragon Age 3 or was it just Inquisition? I think it was just Inquisition. 2, weirdly, I think is the only one called 2. God knows, but I know that they're making a new one, which I'm really excited for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Inquisition was really, really good. And yeah, it's just a fantastic game. Don't have any notes. So I'm so sorry that this was a terrible number one. But yeah, it's a great game. And I got you to play it eventually, didn't I? You did, yeah. You persuaded me to play it eventually. Um, it took a couple of goes for me to get into it. I think it's going to be similar to you playing like Morrowind versus uh, Fallout. Like it's just one of those mm. ones. But I do really want to play Inquisition. Um, it's kind of one of those ones that keeps coming up and I would like to try it when I have some time. Um, but yeah, it's not that I don't enjoy it. I think I just, um, I think the combat for me when I first tried it wasn't yeah. quite what I was expecting. Uh, and I felt like I really wanted to play it on PC or something a little bit slower paced. Um, eventually I managed to just get into it. Um, and I think, like you said, the characters kind of sold it for me and the story kind of took over and I kind of compelled myself through because of them and because of that. But um 
yeah, it, it was really enjoyable. Like you said, I just liked all the characters and my dog. I just spent a lot of time with the dog. And uh, <laughs> enchantment. Enchantment. Um, Morrigan is also a fantastic character Morgan's that I think I mentioned before. Um, yeah, great, great game all round. I don't know if they ever actually, I think it is remastered, sort of. I know it's on Xbox mm. One, not Game Pass. And I was tempted to start it all over again. Um, they're big games. They're one of these things where it's like you need the time to invest yep. in these games, but it's worth it. Like for a story, like if there's anything that Bioware does, it's a good damn story. Yeah. And I, that's, I think that's why I recommend it to a lot of people. It's just because the combat can be shitty sometimes. Doesn't always work amazing. There are glitches, but the story is 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 definitely worth it. I've also read um, a lot of the Dragon Age books as well, like the novels, and they're really cool too. So it's it's a world that I adore, and it feels like there's been a lot of effort put into that world, into Ferelden, and into to all of it, and and it's got a lot of cool lore. And I, I think yeah. the the creators and stuff really love it too, which I think you can tell. Yeah, it's definitely a cool game. Nice. Yeah. Well, I think that completes both of our lists at this point, and uh, that concludes our our special two year two year show, yeah. which yeah. is which is fun. I do want that video played again. I want to enjoy it. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll end on the video. Uh, so for those who weren't quite with us at the start, can uh, enjoy the video that was made yeah, quite graciously. A wonderful video, Matt. which is which is quite cool from sort of summarizing our past two years, which is silly silly voices and stuff like that where things we talk about stupid mm-hmm. stuff um yeah this, this has been really really fun let us know if you've enjoyed it and you'd like us to do something like this again it's new for us to do this live stuff yeah it's uh it was a little bit chaotic with trying to get our brains around doing it live but um it, yeah it's been enjoyable so um yeah we can always do it again at some yeah. point um or make it more regular, but just yeah. let us know. Um, thanks for joining us, everybody. If you're kind of tuning in and you don't know, where can they find out more about all um, of our stuff? GameToFive.com. If you've never listened to any of our episodes before, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you get your podcast stuff like that. Um, we have lots of different episodes, which we never remember. Yeah. <laughs> never remember any of the things in it either. I would also like to say, before we leave... Mm-hmm. I want to um, not get soppy, but I just want to thank everybody that's like supported us for the last two years, listened, just done anything to help us and just been just generally lovely, giving us nice feedback and everything like that. Just just listened. Um, We are really appreciative of it. Yeah, the fact that we have managed to like still want to go for two years is wholly down to you guys. (laughs) And the fact that we have people who listen to us. um, Yeah like on a, some sort of like regular basis just blows our minds and it's it's super appreciated and we love it we wouldn't be here without all of you supporting yeah. us and everything so yeah thank you guys thanks everybody all right we're gonna play the anniversary video once again yes. uh good night everybody good night good evening <laughs>